Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Get the Neil Kulong in just a few minutes. Play-by-play call today. Marcus Mariota getting it done for the Tennessee Titans last night in Arlington. Mariota going to screen it right side. Lewis got room to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Titans. Oh, a thing of beauty. Mariota, the double fake. He waited until the last minute. He drew Collins in, and once he did, he flipped it ever so deftly to Lewis, who scampers home for an 18-yard score. Well, Deion Lewis has done that every step of the way in his career. Um, every step of the way. Uh, because he was good back with the Patriots. Now you see he's healthy again. And I think he's doing a lot, you know, doing well with Tennessee. Good compliment to Derrick Henry. Um, okay. Let's see here what we got. All right. Yeah, to their credit, boy, they were off to a really bad start last night, but thanks to a couple of key turnovers at right times that even forced uh, Jerry Jones' postgame to say, Dak's my quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, what are his options? Exactly. I mean, what are his options? They don't have a lot of options. Uh, Let's see. Bring in Uh, E.J. Manuel. We talked about him last hour. uh, (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, let's see. Don uh, sent us a, an email today. Uh, a few questions uh, to answer. Defensive backs seem to be getting a free pass, no pun intended. <laughs> That's pretty good. On their uh, on what he perceives as poor play. Although Jack Ham and I did both, we talked about this this morning actually, and we don't quite agree with this. Are they not taught to play or attack the ball when it's in the air? Okay, Scott looked like he was defending a point guard in the hardwood in the first drive on a ball he clearly should have picked. Open field tackling has been horrid and shows no improvement since Ohio State. Talk about that in a second, too, because I think it's an interesting point. And I realize Michigan's really good, and I said so since week one, but fundamentals and tactics are not being taught, and this really shows up on the back of the end of the defense. I look forward to your analysis. Okay. Uh, okay, he brings up very good questions. Um, actually, in a lot of ways, uh, Jack and I like the way. Let's get to the corners first. Let's start with Amani Oyewariye, Tariq Castro, Fields, John Reed. We both feel because we and this happens to be Don things that he and I talked about this morning. We think they're actually playing pretty well. Those three guys, and in terms of the ability to attack the ball. Amani Oryuwerie, I think, jumps routes pretty well. I'd like to see Tariq Castro Fields, though, jump routes. Okay, that's I would like to see him do that a little bit more because I think he's capable of it. I think he reads things pretty well. I think Tariq eventually could be a pro, but I think he's got to do a better job of jumping a route. I think Amani does a little bit better job of doing that right now than Tariq does. Maybe that's experience. 
John Reed got off to a slow start. There's no question about that. And I think now that he's back into the rhythm of playing, John's been fine. John's done a good job. I think that, uh, in fact, I thought I feel I felt John Reed actually played a pretty good game on Saturday. He should have, he probably should have had the pick at the goal line on that pass. He probably should have had that. But I think he has the ability to jump a route too. Uh, I think of the three guys, Amani's the one that I you can see wants to jump and is more aggressive. Now, what they sh- what the younger guys should do though is I think they have to do a better job, Don, of when the receiver looks up for the ball, then they themselves look up for the ball. Sometimes they see some of the younger corners like content on playing the man so much that they're not looking back for the ball. Now let's get to uh, Nick Scott and. Uh, and Garrett Taylor. I actually feel Garrett Taylor in the last five games has played really well. That's why I, you know him missing the first half of the Iowa game. I was like, okay, because I felt he was getting into a rhythm. I think Taylor fills the hole really well. Nick Scott, I think your assessment, Don, I would be on board with until about maybe three weeks ago. Um, now maybe he. Uh, it, it, it's kind of hard for me to say if he was. Uh, I'm in a sense that you you felt he was tentative. Uh, looked like he was defending a point guard on a hard, hardwood on that first drive, on a ball he clearly should have picked. Yeah, I think you're right. I think on that one he was tentative and was not aggressive. I, I think you're absolutely right, Don. Uh, but I think for the most part, I, this is what Nick Scott's done in the last three games. Last three games, Nick Scott has an interception in Indiana, a fumble recovery on special teams, the interception at the goal line where he broke on it and read it right away. Even though Fant may not have been ready, Nick still broke on the ball. Big interception there. And then last week, he's the guy that blocked the field goal. So he's doing things a lot better. Uh, On the opening drive, I agree. He seemed to be trying to read and see what was going on. So, Don, I think you you saw it pretty well there. Um, Open field tackling. Uh, Shows no improvement since the Ohio State game. I think, my goodness, um, Jack and I have talked about they've got to become a better tackling team all the way through. They've got to become a better tackling team all the way through. It's just... Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Just had to be better tackling. I mean, the really good teams that tackle, it's like first contact, and they, you know, and they seem to make plays and and, and take care of it. It was odd because Ed Podolak came up to came up to Jack after the game, and he said, "Boy, your team really can tackle." Jack and I are like, "Okay." We weren't really, you know, quite on board with that. I, I feel they need to be a better tackling defense. So, I mean, I wouldn't use the word horrid, but I wouldn't use the word great either. Um, so, you know, tactics. I mean, I'm not sure anybody knows. You know, uh, tactics are not. Sometimes on an opening drive, you're trying to get a feel for what's going on. I think Nick was trying to do that in the opening drive. But you're right, Don. I, I, I'm with you. I want to attack, attack, attack. And I'm with you all the way, Don, about I want to see them attack all the time. I want to see that. I think Nick's been able to get some 
you know, he's been able to get two interceptions, a block kick, and a fumble recovery in the last three games because those are the moments where he has been attacking. So, I mean, there's a guy that's accounted for three t- takeaways himself plus a block kick that uh, took points off the board. So that part's really been really good, and I think in the last three games he's found a greater comfort level with the way he's playing there. I think he supports the run really well. But you're right, and that opening drive, tentative. And again, the younger defensive backs, I want to see them, when that receiver makes that glance for the ball, I want to see that head turn and want to see them get the, so they can get the ball. I hope that answer. I hope that answers this question adequately, because um, I mean, he, he asked he asked some valid questions, and he I think he made he had some interesting points. So I hope that I hope that helps. Yeah, keep those that, emails coming in, Steve Jones okay. at wkok.com. Because next year they lose. Scott and they lose Oyuwariye. You'll have Garrett Taylor, and Garrett Taylor, I think, is an improving player at that safety spot. So I like him a lot. Tori Castro Fields, no question. Like him a lot. I think Donna, I think John Reed's going to be back next year. Okay, John Reed will be back next year. Donovan Johnson. I like Donovan Johnson. I think Donovan Johnson's here's a guy that you looked at in the spring, and all of a sudden, like, I don't know. Five or six practices in the spring. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this guy might play. This guy's playing pretty well here in the spring. Now, the question I always have after every spring is, okay, you go through the spring, you do really well. Can you keep it going once you get to the to a preseason practice, or do you have to start over again? To his credit, he was one of those guys that picked up where he left off. I think Donovan Johnson is going to be a good player for them. Question's going to be is who fills that other safety spot next year? Is it Jonathan Sutherland? Is it Aaron Monroe? Aaron Monroe has not been a. I, I thought I thought they'd get more out of Aaron Monroe this year than they have. But is it Jonathan Sutherland? Is it Aaron Monroe? Is it Lamont Wade that they put opposite Garrett Taylor next year? Because with Reed and Castro Field, you feel good about that. And Donovan Johnson, you feel good, good about that. Plus, Johnson and Reed both know how to play the star position. So that helps. Is next year a year a guy like Zach McPherson steps up and plays? I think Trent Gordon has nice ball skills, Don. That's why I'm interested to see how he gets into the mix next year. I mean, Michigan was, what, 11-17 passing in the game on Saturday. I think Patterson threw the ball pretty well. It was the one deep ball that Nico Collins, well, actually two of them. There was uh, the touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones. That was a bust on the coverage. So you want to, if anybody wants to criticize that, go ahead, because he shouldn't be that wide open on that play. Deep ball down the middle of the Collins. I think it was just a good throw and a good catch. There was a play at the goal line. I thought John should pick it off and... For some reason, I mean, he knocked it away. It was incomplete, but but he, you know, I thought that was one you could break and go. So, again, Don, I hope that answers uh, some of the questions there. So, 
I know we're going to get Neil Coolong here at some point, and we'll talk to him about the Steelers, which, by the way, will be on uh, 100.9 The Valley. Thursday night, I think, at Carolina. This is all the NFL needs. The Steelers play Carolina, where like, you're looking around saying, that's a pretty good game. It ends up 9-6. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> oh, I don't think Roger Goodell doesn't want that. He wants to see 42-39. I wouldn't be surprised. First quarter, quarter and a half, could be a little slow. Guys get their legs. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going. I think that it actually is going to be a pretty good game. I think so too. Yeah. I'm, what was last Thursday night's game? I had no desire to watch that. I did not turn it on whatsoever. What was it? Wasn't it? Uh, was it Arizona and Oakland or San Francisco and Oakland? Oh, San Francisco and Oakland last week. Oh yeah, the Battle of the Bay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brutal. Monday night, you've got the Giants in San Francisco next week. What's the problem with that one? (laughs) That's a chance to be a competitive game. That's true. (laughs) Oh, they put these games. Although the Steelers got flexed out of uh, Sunday night. Yeah, flex that a prime time, man. I was texting back and forth with a, another buddy of mine that's a Steelers fan, and he couldn't understand why it got flexed out. And I told him what you. <laughs> I, got, well, I, I told got, well, I got, well, he didn't I realize. Four, I, told, I got four <laughs> letters for you. Give me a J. Give me an A. Give me a G. Give me an S. That's why you got flexed out. That's what I told him, and then he then the light bulb went off above his head. Ah, yeah. So, but but there's a lot of they, people that don't understand the. The Thursday night games and the Monday night games, they stay put. They, you know, the, those, those can't oh, there's be no, yeah, You can't sit there and go, hey, Bears-Vikings, let's put it on Thursday. What do you mean? we got to we gotta do what? <laughs> we have to play Thursday? That's not going to happen. So, yeah, the Bears-Vikings were put into that uh, time slot, by the way. And by the way, also next week for uh, Sunday, November the 18th, that also affects the uh, Philadelphia game at the New Orleans Saints. That has now been moved down to a yeah 425 kick on Eagle 107. So pregame will start. That was that was going to be a one o'clock game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So pregame. Yeah. Pregame will start at three instead of noon next week. Actually, that's better. That should be a great game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's better putting it at 425. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, now that the Jaguars are out of players and the Steelers can actually handle them, this should be pretty good. <laughs> oh. It still bugs you about that playoff game. You went to that game. I saw both Steelers-Jacksonville games last year. So, yes, I witnessed two of the three losses last year. Still not over that. Ugh. Man. Oh, and they were down 21 nothing in that January game in the bitter cold I'm looking up to the sky the scoreboard saying what am I doing here <laughs> I know as I was watching the game on TV in the warmth of my home I thought the same thing for you <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking at my phone waiting for you to text <laughs> no, I, no I don't do that to people I don't do that to people so, that's not uh, uh, that's that's you know the suit will text me a lot and then gets all hurt when I don't text him back. Like, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> so, 
Hey, by the way, we we did some experiments last night as to with dealing with the show, and I'd like to point out that he was he to his credit, he was there for a whole, full half hour. I hope he did not put in for a half hour work because he did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roger, if there's a time card right now, I can tell you right now. Okay, he was. I mean, I mean, it was it was like like looking at, at that plastic wood. Okay, just filler. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. <sighs> was it pointed out in the staff meeting this morning that a certain somebody was no help? In fact, Harry no uh, Harry's retired, and it was as much help to us last night as he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do need to give Harry Bingaman his due. A uh, big congratulations to Harry on his retirement. Uh, was our Harry. chief engineer here at WKOK in Sunbury Broadcasting for a run of well over 20 years. This needs to be brought up, too. A lot of people probably don't know this, but here at Sunbury Broadcasting, we've only had two chief engineers since 1943. Yep. John Keller, God rest his soul. He yeah. was the, uh, I I had started here in 95, so I just missed John by about just a hair mm-hmm. under six months uh, after uh, uh, John Keller retired when uh, Harry took over as chief engineer. But uh, I mean, that's startling. I'd like to find what other radio station or group no. across the country that can then boast they've only had two engineers since 43 but uh, harry scaling the schedule back and uh, he deserves it to spend more time with uh, the better half in his life and the grandkiddos so oh no doubt no look i mean the way i'm set up here is all because of harry i mean the guy that right now is filling in for him walked in and looked around and go hey that's pretty good i, I mean just I, I, I mean, that's admiring the got. work after five years i mean i could have done it <laughs> i was not consulted <laughs> I like an engineer. <laughs> Open to the hospital. <laughs> what was the one you said last year? I've been to jail. Wait, I've been oh, jail. Hold on. Wait, 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 what? Line one, human resources. Hang on. <laughs> Excuse me. What? Could you repeat that? <laughs> Just did. <laughs> I've been to jail. Uh, what? Oh. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor Deb going through so much last year, and she has to hear from somebody else that they've been sick. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. We gave you your pity party. Okay, we're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't. Uh, can't. Uh, can't be a makeup game or something. Anyway, maybe seals. Maybe Shikalimi can play that, that that playoff football game just as a makeup thing as they're healthy on December. On December fifth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> although I was create like although, a cross river all star game. Proceed. Although I would. Although I'll say this: that if there is a game on December fifth, that means the chief can't be there. Oh yeah, that's right. That would kind of bum me out. I know. Now, certain sacrifices sometimes have to be made, but... (laughs) (laughs) Take one from the team, or for the team. That usually makes its way down the hall to certain people here, so... Just give them the address of where the party was last year. Yes, that'll work. 
Believe me, it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neil Kulong next half hour on the Steelers, who are playing some great football right now. Troy, I'm going to ask him about the offensive line like you asked about me yesterday. It's a good question. We'll come back. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, K-Roots 11 and 15, and beautiful downtown Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steelers take on the Carolina Panthers Thursday night football. Should be a pretty good one on Fox, and you'll hear it on 100.9 The Valley. Isn't it great how this Shemokin Dam Orchestra is able to replicate Metallica? To a team. I mean, it's been unbelievable. Now, we need to get some singers in here. You know? Some singers in here. Be great. No truth to the rumor that you were at the Metallica concert at the Jordan Center last month? Uh, I got back uh, from Indiana in time to catch the Metallica traffic on the way home. <laughs> I heard they performed the fight song during the show. My oh, older they? my oh. older brother-in-law and his wife went to the show. So. Oh, great. Loved it. Them. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we ought to, you know, maybe we got some singers in here. What? Neil Kulong joins us. Neil, what do you think? Great to be here. We can't get the B sharps on anytime. No barbershop stuff. You know what? I, we probably should. Um, I would say when I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm not here, you guys do whatever you want. That's fine. Leave me out of it. No, no, we'll give you a vote. You're a regular. You get a vote in the whole thing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has he brilliantly played himself out of a spot? Uh. I don't know. <laughs> this whole thing, it, it's such a – there are so many circumstances and factors that come into play. At this point now, um, the amount of what-if scenarios that exist, um, I, they, they outweigh any tangible reality. I, I, I don't think that there's a way to accurately predict what would happen um, if and when he comes back. There are plenty of arguments that say – why he shouldn't come back, why he should come back, what the Steelers are going to do if he does, what they're going to do if he doesn't. There's just so much uh, churn that's going. The entire situation is as fluid as it could possibly be. And at this point, all we can really say is, no, I mean, you know, he's not going to play Thursday. So uh, the Steelers are going to do what they've done all year and not play with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, in the end, it's kind of simple. But um, it really is tantalizing, especially looking um, at, at what the Steelers have in front of them over uh, the, the, the back part of their schedule. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of having Le'Veon Bell and James Conner um, on the field together, uh, separately, different packages. There's a lot that they could do. And I, I don't think Bell uh, – I really just don't think it, it, it's in Bell's best interest to not play a down this season. I, I can see why he might think that that's the case. I don't think he's going to do that. So at some point, the Steelers are going to get 
uh, one of the best offensive players in the game to join their team late in the season, which nobody else is going to have That's the advantage right. of having. Let me ask you about the offensive line. You know, we've watched the last couple of years where Bell gets back there and he waves and all of a sudden. To me, that's okay. Getting stalemates is fine, but to me, that's not great offensive line play. Why are they, why is the offensive line, how much better is the offensive line playing this year and how does that mesh with how Connor runs the ball? I, I think to, to add to that, you have to kind of look at what Randy Fickner has been doing, what he's trying to get uh, the Steelers' offense to do. Um, I think Ben holds on to the ball uh, roughly as long as he ever did with Todd Haley before. I don't think they necessarily changed a whole lot, but right. a, a lot of it is they're they they're not moving their tight ends, I don't think, anyway. You're not seeing a whole lot of active participation from Roosevelt Knicks, and he's really utilizing 21 personnel as, as a, a passing package. Right. And with that, it, it's helping get chip blocks on edge rushers uh, and giving Ben the opportunity to get rid of the ball uh, still pretty quickly. Ben is not throwing as deep um, over the last couple games, I don't think, as much as he has, and that, that could be for a, a variety of reasons, opponent-specific probably being the biggest. But overall, um, I, I don't think we've seen the Steelers' offensive line play as well as it has over the last four games. You're, you're talking high level. Right. They've, they've been good throughout that time. Um, Marcus Gilbert, I think, is is playing his way out of Pittsburgh, and in, in the fact that he's not playing, they haven't missed him at all. Right. Um, it, it, collectively, as a group, I well, it, Alejandro Villanueva, I don't think we've seen him play a better game than he did uh, right. against Baltimore on Sunday. He was he was unreal. I mean, there there was nothing getting by him. Um, they've they've done a great job individually, and we, I think to to some degree we've come to expect that from this unit, but they've, they've stepped it up even more. I, I think there are probably a lot of reasons for that, but the bottom line is they're just a really good group um, that, that's played together for a very long time, and their offense has really put together um, a, 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 a string of uh, packages and formations that work really well for them. But again, no disrespect to Le'Veon Bell, but does Connor's style and how he runs actually fit how this offensive line plays better? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's an interesting question just because their styles are so different. But really, the offense, in, in my opinion, has moved as well as it has because Connor has become such a, a, a deeper weapon in the passing game. Right. Before, it was really just kind of flares and, and quick stuff. Right. He was going down seven, eight, nine yards. Um, he had, you know, linebackers had to carry him uh, in Baltimore, and they, they weren't prepared for that at all. They weren't capable of doing that. I mean, we're, we're used to watching Le'Veon Bell absolutely embarrass C.J. Mosley in the passing game, but no whoever question. it is that they were putting on Connor. Connor was beating him consistently down the field, and it wasn't the, just the short stuff either. So the, I think he's made more of an impact in, in, in the passing game. His style in and of itself, the hole is there. Um, my opinion, this is just me watching it back, I don't think Connor ran particularly well against Baltimore. And okay. I know he got yards. He had a couple big plays. He left a lot on the table. Okay. He missed a couple holes. He missed a couple cutbacks I think he could have had. And these are the, the growing pains of, of a younger back. And he's had a, a, a ton of success. Um, you know, any great player is, is going to want to get better and he's going to continue to improve. He's got a lot of the same stuff that we saw with uh, Le'Veon Bell in 2014, just on, on fewer carries right now for Connor. Uh, he's still leaving yards out on the field. So I, I think the offensive line is definitely uh, paving a lot of the way for him. And Connor's only going to get better. The more that he watches uh, what he's doing, the more he works on his game, uh, the more the game slows down for him. He's going to get even better. I don't think it's a style thing as much okay. right now. I think it's the Fair. line really just kind of plowing holes. 
Why is the Steeler defense playing better? Um, yeah, honestly, and I'm, I'm only saying this partially as a joke. I, a huge part of it is because Artie Burns is not on the field. I agree. I, no, I honestly, I, I completely they, agree with that. You really can't even argue it. it, it no. you pick up, you know, it, what was it, four or five uh, defensive pass interference penalties? Some of them were earned. Some of them I thought were pretty ticky tacky, and they, they probably could have called a couple on the Ravens as well. If you're going to call that, that's okay. But the, the real difference was those passes weren't completed. Burns, he'd grab onto him, do everything he could to prevent the, the completion and give up the completion anyway. Right. I mean, they they didn't they got far more yards on penalties trying to throw the ball down the field than they did actually completing passes. And a huge part of that is simply because Cody Sensabaugh plays a much more disciplined uh, brand of football than Burns does. And Sensabaugh is in, by, by no way, shape, or form uh, an outstanding NFL cornerback. He's not. He's, he's a, a, a veteran journeyman type of guy that uh, Mike Tomlin has done a good job over the last couple of years in identifying. Right. Uh, Burns was supposed to be the guy that, that's out there, and, and he honestly shouldn't be on the field anymore. Um, they're, they're getting much more cohesive play, I think. We've, we've, we've seen uh, Sean Davis play a much better uh, game deep down the field. They, they haven't given up big plays, and that in and of itself has kind of helped everything open it up. But an offense that is now starting games uh, much better than they were earlier in the season is helping teams um, you know, it not go for the jugular right away and, and, and try to, you know, open up a, a 14-3 lead of their own right away and force the Steelers to play from behind the whole game. That's probably helped them out more than anything else. How much has that also helped the pass rush that maybe you can blitz a little bit more because now you feel like you have more reliability in the back end when you're singled up? I think this this is one thing you, I, I will credit um, – Keith Butler for to this point in the season. I think he really learned something after that Baltimore loss in which they, they backed off and, and let Flacco just kind of sit back there. From that point on, they've sent everybody. They, they've blitzed consistently, and a lot of it has come up the middle. And The, the types of stuff that they were doing with Ryan Shazier, they, they have a lot more faith in John Bostic and coverage now, and Bostic, I think, has, has earned that reputation. He's done a good job. Um, being a fairly limited athlete, not a particularly uh, big linebacker, he's able to climb down the field uh, to a decent enough length to, to cover a tight end um, it, it, enough to allow that A-gap pressure to, to set up and develop. And you're getting much better play out of T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree than you had probably earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, St- Stephon Tuitt, I'm not you know, maybe Tuitt started the year hurt or something, I'm not sure, but he, he's looked like a completely different player over the last couple games. And they're, they're much more aggressive, they're much more confident. I think that uh, they, they just got off to a slow start, and we'll, we'll see how they finish, because they're, they're going to be challenged a lot over the last uh, uh, seven games that they have. Um, it's going to be really difficult for them, but we're, we're seeing a, a much more concerted overall uh, defensive effort than we've seen in the past. And a lot of it is, has been due to aggression, in my opinion. They've, they've tried to get to the quarterback, and they've, they've forced a lot of pressure, uh, maybe not getting the sacks all the time, but they've they forced a lot of bad throws, especially Sunday against Baltimore, uh, due to the fact that they were able to get in there and get in Flacco's face. Which then brings us to the Cam Newton situation. Uh, when you look at him, how do they need to deal with him and how do they need to deal with a guy like Christian McCaffrey? You know, this is what really worries me. Um, 
about this being a, a short week game. I mean, anytime you're going to play Cam Newton uh, as, as a defense, you're going to be concerned. But uh, the way the Ravens used uh, Lamar Jackson, not the same player in any way, shape, or form, but a, a, a mobile quarterback who tested the edge when he had the ball, you saw what the Steelers wanted to do, and a lot of that was T.J. Watt. And we, we saw right. Watt shadowing Jackson. Um, depending on where he's starting, that, that's something else we've seen from the Steelers the last couple games. Uh, you, you've seen Dupree and Watt start in the middle of the field and kind of you know shadow one player and move around to one gap. Um, it, 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 I don't want to say it exposes their intentions, but if, if you're Norv Turner and the Panthers right now, you got to think that Watt's going to be the guy they're going to put on Newton. So um, it, that's a strategic advantage for an offense that doesn't really need a whole lot of them to score points. I mean, the Panthers' offense is, is nasty. They've got a lot of things going really well for them. I, um, I'm not sure how many defenses are really going to be able to stop them. So uh, for the Steelers, the, the main concern is uh, you're, you're going to have to mix up your athletes. You're going to have to find ways to, to keep guys in front of Newton um, when he gets out on the move. And from there, you've got to cover the backside, which is really where uh, McCaffrey can shine. Um, he's a really dangerous player in the open yeah. field, surprisingly quick um, after the catch in particular, and, and he, you know probably more of a threat in the passing game than the running game. But if, if you want to get Newton out on the edge, if you want to move him out there, um, having McCaffrey sit on the backside against what's you know logically uh, the, the the lesser um, athletic option the Steelers would have in coverage, uh, you know, then that that opens up a lot of big plays. And you've seen the the Panthers do not just that with you know with McCaffrey, but with a lot of guys. I mean they they're they're dangerous. I I think they're right up there with uh, Los Angeles and, and New Orleans in terms of you know the, these crazy scary explosive offenses that are really starting to go off in the nfl the panthers just got off to a little bit slower of the start this is going to be a real tough game for the steelers yeah real tough in a lot of ways including the carolina defense what do you think of them they're they're you know i really enjoy the way mike did define it on on monday as a, a fundamentalist group <laughs> i'm not sure that's the the best term for it but they, they are a very well coached uh, defense and they, they've gotten better. Um, they're they're very similar to Pittsburgh in the sense that there's talent that's there. It's taken them a little bit to kind of take root uh, to figure out exactly what they want to do uh, defensively. But we're seeing them play much better than they have. You know, it, it's it's kind of harder to see in the NFL today just by looking at uh, points and yards because you know, when you have an offense as explosive as theirs. Um, your your opponent is going to you know gun down the field for the rest of the game. You're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards. Um, but they're they're strong in all phases of the game. They, they've always been a, a, a well coached defense. Um, to me, I, I don't know. I, I can't decide in this game whether it's going to be like 41 to 38, <laughs> just due to the fact that uh, you know it, both offenses are on fire. And That's what Roger Goodell really, wants. <laughs> he, yeah, want, exactly, he wants exactly. 41 38. Or it's going to be Roger Goodell's, you know, classic Thursday night nine to six news fest because both teams are exhausted from having to play uh, yeah. pretty physical games the, the week before. You know, um, right. playing Thursday after a Baltimore game is really tough for the Steelers and for an offense uh, as as hot as Carolina's is coming into this. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a challenge, but I, I I think both both defenses are going to give up points in this one. I I, I think uh, I I think the scoreboard is going to be lit up pretty good. And um, I don't know, I, I don't know. I like to think the Steelers are uh, a much better team than they were a couple weeks ago, but we're going to find out because that that's uh, it, it's it, this might be the toughest game on their schedule, yeah. all things considered. 
Agreed. Um, next appearance on Tuesday, we'll have Barbershop here for you. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I mean really, I, I, we look to accommodate. <laughs> the B-Sharps, I'm telling you. Homer and Homer, was it Homer, Seymour Skinner. Seymour uh, Skinner, yes, and Homer, yes. Apu and Barney. With those four <laughs> together, they, they they won a Grammy. They won a Grammy. They fit right in with this show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, thanks so much. Always appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you. All right, Neil Kulong, USA Today. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. And there's nothing like hearing Neil Kulong. And when I ask him, why is the defense improved? He says, Artie Burns isn't playing. Now, if that doesn't tell you the guy knows his football, nothing does. Uh, Why is the Steeler defense playing better? Because Artie Burns isn't. Look, I mean, it does have something to do with it. And, all right, uh, all kidding aside on the topic, here's what it comes down to for me. Too often in the NFL, you end up taking the guy that, that combines really, really well. Really well. Okay? So they combine really well. Um. And and but just because you're a great athlete does not mean you're a football player. And that and that's I mean that's I'll give you some examples, all right? In a combine, how does Drew Brees do, Sean? In a combine, measurables. How does Sam Mills, how are his measurables? I I can give you a long list of guys were their measurables? I mean, Russell Wilson, what are his measurables? I can go through a long list of guys where their measurables and the combine stuff is not going to get you anywhere, but they're football players. 
You need more football players out there, people who know how to play the game, who get that extra step through instinct. I think you can put Heinz Ward in that category, too. Heinz Ward falls into that category. In a lot of ways, I think Juju Smith-Schuster does. Antonio Brown does. Antonio Brown's not a big, tall receiver. It's just not. You know, there's too many guys in this league right now that they combine really well because they run and run fast and don't know how to play football. Julian Edelman, I think, falls into that category perfectly. Tom Brady does. Sure. Tom Brady and Joe Montana do not, okay, don't combine. Tom Brady and Joe Montana don't combine. Drew Brees doesn't combine. Russell Wilson doesn't combine. Steve Young. Okay, James White. I mean, look at all these guys that all can play. Julian Element, James White. Okay, Chris. Oh, Chris Hogan's a really good athlete, so Chris Hogan probably combines pretty well. All right, but I can go through a long list of guys that are playing in the league right now. You put them in the combine, they go, yeah, okay, look how you know, like eh. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I guess to a point. Obviously, he's got a great arm. But there's a long list of guys like that. Well, I just think of like body type. You just it doesn't yeah, jump off yeah. the page. But sure, absolutely. Um, and you, I mean, you see where I mean the, the league needs more. I mean, you can't just rely on the metrics. You've got to rely on your eyes as to who knows how to play the game. Artie Burns, and again, all due respect, I mean, Artie Burns is a great athlete. The problem is he's an athlete playing football. He's not a football player. Simple as that. Okay. A lot of fun today. More fun coming up tomorrow. And the same story about the after show where there will again be questions and no answers. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.